Hi, podcasting from New York. They say if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. This is Pushing Boundaries. Most of today's commentary on complex social issues is binary, unproductive, and flat-out lazy. With this podcast, I'm looking to hopefully elevate these conversations, and as a lifelong educator, hopefully learn a few things along with you. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. How you doing, man? Dude, I'm doing good, man. I'm excited. I wanted, I wanted this one to be a little different, man. I wanted us to be a little free-flowing, you know, not okay. too much prep, you know, and just have fun with it because I just feel like that's what we do. You know, I feel like that's what we do. When me and you jump on, it's always the energy. It's always the gyms. It's always yeah. the fire on deck. So I don't feel like I don't need to rehearse with you, man. I don't feel like I need practice, man. Just get my guy on and let's roll. That's what we do. Let's go. How you doing? How you feeling? Good, man. Listen, the weather was nice today. Sunlight, you know, after a day of rain, it was beautiful. It was good. It was good. It was good. What you did today? Did you get outside? Did, did you rollerblade today? I, no, I hit the gym and then I, I you know, I took about two hours and did my, my work outside, you know, in the sun, you know, didn't use an umbrella, anything. I took the sunlight, you know, for three days. I said, <laughs> I got enough for three days, four days, five days. Because we got rain know. coming back. So. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, man. So people are following in. So, again, we're going to be speaking about anxiety. This is first off, just to let y'all know that I'm, I'm going to keep this one going. I'm going to do about three parts to anxiety, man, because this one runs deep for a lot of people. But just like I did with social biases, I got to get my man at Pushing Boundaries on here to set it off, to set the tone. Let's get it. Set that let's tempo. Get it. You know the vibe, man. So, so Sharif, let's start off with this, right? When you hear anxiety, what's the things that come to mind? What's, what's your definition of anxiety? Okay, so for me, you know, um, it's physical. You know, for me, it's physical. It, it's, it's about that feeling that your body is going through, you know, in terms mm -hmm. of, um, you know, whether you're getting headaches or you're feeling, you know, you're getting the sweats or you're feeling some sort of pressure, you know, or, or, or there's, there's something biological happening with you that's not really comfortable. You yes. know, and, and so you, you, you tend to feel, and you know it's not your natural state because at that moment you feel like, I'm not functioning the way I need to function at this point. And, and almost, it's like, almost like you're frozen, sort of. You can lie, you can allow yourself to be frozen in that, in that anxiety. Um, but, you know, in terms of the way, the, the way to describe anxiety, it's, you know, it's, it's, it is an inner turmoil. It's, it's the response to stress and fear, you know, so... I guess in terms of those biological features that you are those 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 things that you're feeling mm -hmm. that speaks to it. Yep. 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 And that's exactly like you hit the nail right on the head. That's exactly like literally that's exactly what it is. Um, it's literally your body's natural response to stress and the stress that comes your way from the anticipation of what the future holds. Right. That's right. So that's pretty much where the fear comes from. The fear is coming from like, OK, well, you know, I'm anxious or I'm feeling this 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 um this apprehension if you will towards towards a scenario or a situation and i don't know how the situation is going to unfold and because i can't control it right because i can't forecast the outcome that's making yeah. my body go through like you said the headaches that's making my body go through the sweats that's making making me get nauseous like some some folks get nauseous some folks get sick to their stomach some people actually have to have bowel movements Right? right, because because they get they get so anxious. Other people, uh, it triggers panic attacks. 
right? Um, your blood pressure goes up. So is the is the body's um, fight or flight reaction in some ways that you're experiencing with it. So it's, it, it runs deep, man. It runs real deep. But another thing that I wanted to ask, I wanted to ask you about what do you think are some of the more common forms of anxiety? Like the, the ones that we see most frequently in this, in this, in this time. So, I mean, you know, we, we see, you know, you know, well, well actually doing this, this, this whole COVID thing, you know, right now is, is separation anxiety. You mm -hmm. know, um, people having to work remotely, you know, um, and not being able to, to socialize and, and join those communities that they once were a part of and having to virtually do it, do it everywhere, you know, is really yeah. a struggle for people. So I think social anxiety is a big one for people right now. I think yeah. the other thing is, is, is panic, you know, it's panic uh, disorder. And, and now I'm saying in terms of what's the future, right? And, you know, this pandemic has changed our normal to the new normal. And so what will it look like tomorrow? We want it to go back to what it was, but it's never going to go back to what it was. But what will it be tomorrow, right? And in that narrative, in that new narrative that's written, where will I be in that narrative? So we all want to know what's next, but we have to wait for what's next. We can't get that answer instantly. But that, yep. those are the two things that are really hitting us right now during this pandemic. I, 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 would, I would agree. Um, another one that I would, I, would, I would throw in there is PTSD. Oh, there's, a, yes. there, there, there's a lot of PTSD going on, a lot of post-traumatic stress going on, man, because um, for a lot of the same reasons, like not to you know, keep reiterating the same things, but that goes hand-to-hand -hand into uh, a lot of what you just said, right? Yeah. And... Um, and it's tough because in, in, in this time, this is the first time that people have been separated from things that they usually would use as outlets, mm -hmm. right? And, you, and we've all been separated from them for an extended period of time, forcing right. you to really come face to face and eye to eye with things that you could normally just kind of shun to the side. Now you really can't shun those things. So the pressure of having to face that on a day to day right is causing these type of things amongst a lot of people right now right and, and another thing even prior to the pandemic right because because we all know that anxiety is a thing that's really really prevalent right now it's 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 oh, yeah. it's trending <laughs> like you know what i'm saying to say that it's on the rise and it's the real pandemic if you will like you know, right. you know. So it's 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 a big yeah. thing, and the reason why it was already trending before the you know the coronavirus and you know this economic fallout and, and the the social climate that we're doing that we're experiencing before all of this even hit us this year, right? Anxiety was already a thing, already on the rise, and the reason being is because, in large part, because of social media, right? That mm. that instantaneous way to compare yourself to other people and other things, and then feel like you're behind, right? So, and that pressure to always feel the need to, I got to do more, 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 and the need to figure things out like that, right? Because if you don't figure it out like that, you're behind. That's right. right? And, and I think that's another huge reason why now, and this time, over the last, what, four years, you hear so many people like, yeah, I, I suffer from anxiety. Yeah, I suffer from anxiety. I never heard that so much before the last, you know, prior to the last four to five years, but. But since about 2016 through now, I hear that so much from so many different people 
both genders, you know, male, female, every race, it doesn't matter. Like so many people are just like, I, I'm anxious, I'm anxious, I'm anxious, I'm anxious. And I'm like, what the hell is all of this about? Like, like you know what I mean? And, and some folks so much so that they feel like that they need to medicate themselves, right? And, and right. the thing is, doctors are so quick to give folks medication. So that leads me to my next thing, right? How do you feel about, um, you know, folks going immediately into medication? Do you feel like that should be a last resort? Or what, what, what say you with that? What, what say, like, how do you feel about that? Well, let's just say just, just scientifically and medically that, that anxiety is not an exact science. They haven't figured out what it is really and how you get it and what triggers it. They don't, there's no, there's no formula to it. You know, um, they have a few exams that you can go to. They can go through, you can go through a physical exam. You can go to uh, 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 a, um, like a sort of like a, like a, a mental exam and you go through like a, 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 a psych psychological uh, quiz, right? But that's pretty much where it is. And, and then we're guessing, right? In terms of the medications, you know, because all of this right here, this anxiety is coming from our brains and the way they function. You know, one of the things, and that's why relationships are so hard and, and the way we, in terms of getting along with other people and communities mm -hmm. is because we're so complex as people, right? And yeah. we have so many things that are built in our brains that we can't control in the, in the balance and the chemistry and how it's wired are very different from person to person. So when you got somebody experiencing anxiety and they're coming to the table, this, the, the doctors, what they try to do is they try to find balance by giving you medications to either um, nullify or, or, or put certain uh, reactions to sleep that mm -hmm. you have to anxiety and so, so numb you in some ways or, or, or try to arouse you to, to respond so that you can get out of a state of depression if you fall into that from anxiety or a frozen state. But yeah. it's a guess, right? And it's this, it's this juggling and, and playing with, with medication really to feed you to try to find this balance. But it's not, like, again, it's not an exact science. So you might try something and it may work or it may not work. But we got to keep trying. We have to figure out things. And so there's harm to that, right? There's, there's a, the upside of that is if they give it to you and it works, that's a plus. If they give it to you and it doesn't work and it sets some, something else, you know, in, 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 in balance. And then you got something, then you got something else going on. And now we got another problem. So we got a side effect. So I'm, I, I think you have to be a little careful with the, uh, the medication piece because we, it's still a massive study in terms of what, how anxiety is triggered, what it is, how, why does it look so different for different people? How come there are so many disorders of anxiety? There's not only one anxiety, but there's phobias, there's all kinds of anxieties that exist. Which one is which and why you, how does, why, why, how come it's, how come you're experiencing it one way and I'm experiencing it another way, right? And so when I walk into the same environment, the same triggers are not happening for me that's happening to you, right? But we're both experiencing anxiety. But what's, what's in this environment that's, that's, that's affecting me the way I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it and not you, right? And so it, it, and that's, that's where the challenges are in, ter in terms of the, the, um, the unknown, the world of the unknown and where medication is misfiring on treatment. Yes. And then also my concern with, with medication is that there's always that possibility of becoming too dependent. Yeah. Right? So there's that. So what I, so what I want to do for folks is this, right? I, I really want people to, to hear us and, 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 and be able to have a takeaway. Right. So I love what you just said. Like, you know, you could have an anxiety for phobias, right? I could have an anxiety. Like what's, what's another one here? Uh, like a PTSD or social anxiety, right? Or social anxiety. 
illness. I'm always going to get sick or I'm going to get cancer or I'm going to listen. You that's, know, that's relevant right now, right? With the pandemic, right. that's relevant right now, right? right. So, so we can have all of these different things. And then, for example, you experience nausea, right? I would experience a migraine or something of the sorts. We're still both suffering from anxiety, but our our um, body response to it is very different, which means how they would treat you would be different from me, right? That's right. Here's, here's what I would like for people to, to sit with, right? Before, because I find that some doctors, they're a little too quick for me to, to prescribe a medication, right? It's, it's a little too fast, in my opinion. In some cases, I've experienced this through some other people, and it was just like, well, damn, like that was quick. Like you just went on one visit, and then all of a sudden, boom, you got like two different medications. It was like, wait, what? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how does that even work? So for me, right. understand this, right? If you have a phobia, it comes from somewhere, right? If you have a social anxiety, it stems from something, right? If you have a PTSD, OCD, it stems from something. What I find that so many of us don't do and make enough of an effort to do is double back, revisit our roots, and try to identify where it all began. And a lot of us skip that because one, it takes a lot of work. Two, it can be painful. You, 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 you see what I'm saying? Two, it can be really painful to go to some, to, to some places um, deep within ourselves. But like we really, if we really want to identify what's happening, we have to go to those troubled places because then we're always moving forward. What ends up happening is we're never curing the anxiety itself at this point. What starts to happen now is the medicine, just like you said, starts to mask the real root of the problem. So instead of, and I always love to use this analogy. So the roof is leaking. So instead of you literally re-roofing <clears throat> and replacing the roof, you're literally doing a patch job. That's and right. the next time you get a torrential downfall, downfall, guess what? It'll collapse after oh, a week. Collapses. You, you see what I'm saying? And then yeah. you ask them. You, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, so think about medicine as just putting patches on it, patches on it, patches on it. You can only patch it, but for so long. At some point, we have to do the work, right? Now, the good thing about today is the awareness, right? We, 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 we're having discussions like this. It's, it's more public. It's more known, right? So we can go within ourselves and really start drilling down into, for example, if it's a phobia, right? Why do I have a phobia of dogs? Or why do I have a phobia of, you know, of cars or something like that? You might realize like, hey, oh, crap, I forgot. Like, when I was six, I saw someone get hit by a car or, you know, or or... I remember being a kid at seven, I was chased by dogs every day coming home from school. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then as an adult, and you, and you realize that that's where it comes from. So anytime you see a dog of any size, you get anxious, right? And, it, and you panic and your heart rate goes up and you start sweating, you get a headache or whatever the case is. That's your body's response to that moment. So now you know where it comes from. Now you can work on releasing that. Did you, right? did you finish reading that book, Homo Sapiens? I didn't finish it yet. It's a thick read. It's a thick read. But okay, yeah, it goes yeah. into some it goes that's, into yeah. some of that's that. That's what I was about to say. That's yeah, what I was about to say. So in the book, they talk about that fear, you know, like like we like, you know, we weren't at the top of the food chain at one time, right? 
And exactly. so we were, we, were, we were fearful of the bear and the lions and all those things. At one time, we were running from those large animals or those large creatures they, they talk about in the book. And so we have this built-in fear that we're always looking over our shoulder to protect ourselves from some sort of threat, right? Mm -hmm. And it's interesting in that, you know, the shift has been that we're at the top of the food chain and, and all animals and mammals are afraid of us, right? And, and, and but we haven't, we haven't lost the fear that we had as prehistoric man, as they suggest in the book. So that's interesting that, that I was just thinking about that as you were speaking to that. So. Yep. And then Ian just, one of, one of my boys, Ian just said, um, typically they don't prescribe medication until it gets debilitating, until it literally paralyzes you. Like you said, like you're stuck in quicksand, like you can't go left, you can't go right. You can't make a decision. That is true. That's typically when, it, when they prescribe it. But again, you want to you, you wanna try to revisit What's triggering this, right? Because I feel like we, we, we as people, we become too comfortable with just accepting things. Just, oh, this is just the way that I am. Or I've always been like this. No, you understand when you're, when you were born, these things weren't a part of you. These things came after the fact, right? So we always have to remind ourselves of that. But, and then just make a conscious effort to go back to those points where it all began, right? So right. that's just something that I wanted to, yeah. You know, I think I think the other thing is that anxiety. One, one we gotta say anxiety is is something that biologically your body needs to have, right? So it's a it's a warning signal, right? It's the early alarm. It's like the smoke detectors, a carbon monoxide. It's it's a it's a detector that allows that allows you to prepare yourself for something that's to come that may be dangerous for you or something in some ways or another or challenging to your existence. So that that's a that's a that's a, a win. It becomes a problem when. When it when it's it's too long, right? You have you experience anxiety, the same kind of anxiety for too long of a time, and, it, and they're reckon, they're saying like at six months you have a problem. So if you're in this same anxiety, the state of anxiety for six months, you're in trouble. And so then you're in crisis, and then at that point you have to seek some sort of medical support or help. Correct. Exactly. 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 And I and I would agree with that. And at that point, and then one of my friends in the chat, she also just said, you know, get a second opinion, and that's and that's big too. You know, you don't just want to just take one person's, um, you know, word for gospel. You want to definitely go ahead and get a second opinion. But I'm going to pause for my questions, though, real quick, because I want to do it a little different this time. I want to swing it to you. What you got to be? So, so that, you know, so one of the things that they speak about is that women are more diagnosed more uh, from uh, as having anxiety more so than men. So why do you think that's the case? Well, I think women are just designed to deal with certain things um, differently. That's one. And two, overall, if we're being honest, there's more of a societal pressure and a societal microscope on women in general, right, to perform in a very masculine environment, right? The globe is pretty much run by masculine energy, right? Um, most would argue toxic masculine energy. Right. Um, so with that being said, there's a lot of elements to existing as a woman in such an environment. Right. That would cause a lot of women to be anxious. Right. Given the workplace um, scenarios and environments, given parenting setups. Unfortunately, there's a lot of like single moms out there, like, a, you know, a, a, a high number of single mothers. Um, you know, when you, when you, when you're dealing with, I, I, I'll even go in another direction with it because I have a lot of female friends that constant conflict amongst women together where 
women seem to bump heads a little more amongst each other as women than than men. And and again, I'm I'm not a woman. This is just something that I hear women complain of um, in terms of like the undercutting, if you will, and the cutting of throats, uh, so to speak. Um, so there's a lot that goes on as it pertains to being a woman, right? And a lot of pressures and expectations of being a woman, a quality woman at that. So I could see that be being being the case. Do you think do you think it has something to do with um the rate that women engage healthcare in comparison to men? Right? I so women are more that. women are more likely to visit the doctor. Yes, right. that's what my friend is saying right now. Ian is saying that too. That's another thing. So right. women are definitely going to be more prone to getting properly diagnosed and not right. self-diagnosed. So that's another thing. So like if they're feeling something, typically a woman is going to go get it checked out, right? Or they're going to go get an opinion on it and get themselves evaluated. Whereas men, um, we're more conditioned to suppress and keep things to ourselves, right? We don't want to look weak. We don't want to feel like, you know, we can't handle our itch. You like, you, you know what I mean? So with that being said, men are more likely to kind of, you know, hide what they're feeling and hide their symptoms and their signs of anxiety and be more private about it. Whereas women, they'll be more forthcoming with it, right? Because they do, they don't want to have that burden. They don't want to go through those type of feelings. So they'll be more inclined to, um, you know, get that diagnosis. So that would make sense also in addition to what I said earlier as to why the numbers would probably show that more women are vulnerable to it than men, which is probably really and truly not the case. How many, how many men do you know of personally that are participating in some mental health care? Um, professional mental health care? Uh, maybe two. May, maybe okay. two. Um, but that's two out of about eight that I know that struggle with it, like struggle, struggle with it. And not just the normal, like, oh, you know, like a week or two here or there, whatever the case is. Like, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, like I know eight men that struggle with it, but only two, like, literally are actively pursuing help for it. So if we, if we, had, to, if we had to capture the feeling or um, describe the state that men have to be in to receive health, uh, mental health services, what, I mean, what, what will it take? for a man to receive mental health services. I mean, I mean, to even engage it. I mean, what's, what's that? What do, you, what do you think? I mean, that, that seems like a big challenge for men. How um, do we get into that? How do we even uh, start that step? Like, how, how do we start the process? Like, how do we even, because, it, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, having it, you know, I'm just, for me, in terms of visually, I'm thinking about this room with the chair or uh, some sort of couch and, and a counselor, whether male or female, sitting there, and I'm sitting in this room, and, and what is it going to take from me? You know, I, 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 we, we probably both know the answer, but what is it going to take from us physically, right, to yeah. be in that space? Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, for a guy, it, like, in, 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 my opinion, in my opinion, I think it's going to take something drastic to get him there, something that really shakes his foundation. Right. Maybe maybe he suffered from anxiety so much that it, it cost him a very, a very significant relationship or it, it, it cost him a job like it. It paralyzed him to the point where he couldn't do his work appropriately and it affected, you know, his ability to keep his employment. And maybe he was let go or something like that. It, like, I, I feel as though men on average, it would take something a little more um, 
devastating for a man to move forward in that direction rather than a woman. Because I feel like a woman would, would, would do everything of her power on average to avoid those devastating moments, right? Hence why so many of us in the chat are saying like, you know, women are just a little more likely to go seek out help, you know, initially than men. I feel like men will do it, but I feel like it'll 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 happen after something a little more profound, like at something a little more like notable takes place. And then it, that'll be the wake up call for him. Like, OK, well, I can't handle this on my own. I need help. Like, like, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and, and yeah. I, I think I think that's what I would say about that. Let me add to that. So. So, yeah, I think I think one um, women are prone to when they have issues to talk, they they they, they they're prone to talking, whether it's talking to a male or talking to other females. They're going to talk through the issues and, and they'll come to a decision after multiple conversations with multiple people about what, how they should proceed. Men, on the other hand, will have an issue and somebody say, oh, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. Or, um, you know, everything all right? Yeah, I'm struggling, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to get through. You know, it's like this this, this, this wall that, that's put up and, and, and this inability to, to appear vulnerable, right? So let's go, let's go to that. Let's go to the, to, to the tragedy. So there's a tragedy that happens. There's a moment in your life that, you know, you can't handle it. it it's overwhelming. So there are options here. You know, men can, you know, they can go to, the, to substance abuse. They can go to alcohol abuse. They can go to there's domestic violence. There's a lot of things that take, take them off, right? But very few turn their head to counseling, right? And, 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 and I think the struggle with counseling is that when you walk, when you enter this room, you know, um, you have to be vulnerable, right? And you have to expose your, your weaknesses. You have to expose your inner self. You have to expose the things that are troubling you. You have to expose the, the fact that you have, you don't have the answers. You have, to, you have to be vulnerable, right? And, and, and you have to, in some cases, be emotional, right? Because yeah. you're, at, you're at a place of frustration. So when you're in this place of frustration, and you're at the moment where you say, I don't have the answers. I need help. And that's a big one. I don't have the answers. I need help. And you're sitting in front of this person that you don't know because they're a stranger. Right? It's the first time it's a stranger. And you have to share something that's sacred to you with a stranger, which is tough. So what kind of, you know, and, and so you have to, you have to, you have to, one, you have to, you have to trust. You have to trust in that process. You have to be able to articulate and share. Are they going to help you articulate, but articulate and share? But in, in the private, before you even start all of that and exposing yourself, you have to find the right person, the right partner to, ex to, to uh, expose your vulnerabilities. And that's a process. Yeah. And so I think, I think it's, it's, it's an uphill battle for a lot of men in terms of the steps needed to do that. And because we don't communicate the way we need to communicate, it's a struggle for us to get to that, that point of counseling. I, mean, I think it's, it's showing up you know, more in television in other areas that, that that are suggesting that you know we should seek support and, and and talk to somebody they call it they call it um uh it's called like not called it's called um talk therapy or, mm -hmm. or psychotherapy but talk therapy like you know having yeah. a conversation with right just talking because sometimes it's not okay to talk to your man because your man is like what's wrong with you man why are you acting so weak why are you not holding it together right. why well, i can't hold it together because at this i'm at the breaking point and i need yeah. help and and they like, what are you doing, man? Like, are you gonna commit suicide? And like, no, it's not suicidal as I need and help. And it's crazy that you said that, right? Because the 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 percentage of male suicide is really high. And right. I think that's a part of the reason why, because it's it's right. being held. Continue. And 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 so you when you you know, when you when you when you reach out to other males, again, the response is short and it's like, oh come on, man, handle that. Now when you go to counseling, 
and you're used to that response and the counselor said tell me more tell me what you're feeling right now you don't know how to answer that yeah what? <laughs> right? you know, I, mean, like, I, I just told you what I'm feeling. I gave you the criteria and the outcome, and you want me to get into my feelings? Why? Are you trying to, what is this about? And then this defense. And then you may not go back to the next section. <laughs> you know? This is true. This is true. This is true. And, and so we don't deal with our anxiety. And, and so we put our anxiety to sleep with our own medications, right? Marijuana, we smoke, and we, and we, and or we use the alcohol, and it subdues. Yep. The feeling, all we're doing is putting it on pause. But when when it, when when you start to press play, everything comes back to you. And then and then the day goes on and you add to that anxiety and tripling. So you have now you have two days of anxiety, now you got three days of anxiety and, and, and additional pressures that, that land on you that you haven't unloaded yet. That's that's true. That's true, that's true. And um Another layer to this too, I heard someone someone in the chat said, you know, it has a lot to do with ego um as well. Um I see I see where they're going with that, right? Um yes. and 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 how people use different things to kind of self-medicate, like you know, like marijuana, alcohol, sex, different things to kind of distract themselves from what they're feeling, right? But another part of anxiety is is Really and truly, aside from like the phobias and different stuff like that, we as people, we have this sick, twisted, like, infatuation with being life weathermen. And what I mean by that, we need to forecast everything, right? Mm. We have this thing where we, if we cannot literally project and predict steps one two three four five six and seven mm. pinpoint with pinpoint accuracy we don't know what the hell to do with ourselves so, oh my god oh my god like you know what i'm saying it's like you start reaching it triggered and that has to stop because i feel like that's I, I feel like a lot of folks fall into that bucket right mm. and i like to think about it in some ways as is uh self-inflicted Ex mm. exactly Right, because it's okay if you know, like, hey, look, I don't want to go to college, right? And you just need some time to figure it out. That's okay. But then people are like, oh my god, uh, uh, I'm 19 years old, I'm 20 years old. Like, I got to figure it out now. I got to figure it out now. It's like, no, you don't. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. But it's why because you're comparing yourself, right? That's right. And you're looking at everything. You you don't have your blinders on. You're looking. That's you're right. rubbing. You're all over the place. You, you, right. you, you see what I'm saying? And you're not paying attention to your process. You are measuring yourself in the in 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 the set of someone else's shoes. And I always like to say this, right? If if I come to your house, Rock, I'm not trying to try on your drawers and your socks. You know what I'm saying? That's your drawers. That's what I'm I, I hope you wouldn't though. <laughs> that's, you know what I'm saying? that's what it is. <laughs> that's, that's, that's like, it's like, what am I doing, right? Right. But the same way I'm not trying to try on your drawers and your socks. Why am I right. trying to fit into your lifestyle, right? It's like, oh, well, Ruck got this, Ruck got that, Ruck got this. It's like, right. but that's him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got to be comfortable with me. And I feel like a lot of us are not comfortable enough with ourselves. Like, like right. you see the so trust your process and we don't trust our instincts. We are always forcing, always forcing. And what happens is why a lot of us get paralyzed with anxiety is because we find ourselves literally sitting down and trying to map mm -hmm. out a whole scenario. 
right? Mm. A whole scenario. Like, for example, if it's a relationship, you trying to figure out what the person is going to do before they do it, and then if they do it, how you're going to respond, and then how they're going to respond right. to how you respond. That's right. You mapped it's out your feeling. Yeah. It's crazy. And then it doesn't, and, and then what happens is it never it never turns out like that. That's right. You, you, you see what I'm saying? So one thing that we do have to let go is our sick need to always, to always predict everything, to always um, be in control. Ex I think anxiety goes hand in hand with uh, obsession with control. You don't control this existence. You don't control everything. You just control right. you. That's it. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's a large chunk to it. This is a little... A little nugget right here. Someone is in here dropping some gems. Let's see yeah, what this is. He said something. He said that Facebook and a lot of social media is capturing people. He's right about that. You know, the thing correct. is, some people, some people, you know, it's it's crazy how some people sleep with their phones, right? They sleep with their phone. You know, I know a lot of us are guilty. We wake up to our phones and we're on Facebook and we're on these social media in the morning. Then we're yeah. on a day. Then we're there on it. We'll, we'll use the toilet and we'll be on it. We'll, we'll be in the yeah. shower and we'll be on it. You know, that's why they made waterproof phones. You know, we'll be at work, we'll be on it. And we'll be on a train, we'll be on it. We'll be walking and be on it. In the middle of the street and be on it. And so after a while, it's like, you know, it's like it's, you are what you eat, right? And so if you're intaking this constant information that's suggesting what you should be and, and how you should think and, and it's constantly playing out in your head, we talked about this before in terms of biases, right? They, they, they start to serve as patterns of behaviors, right? That you start to respond and act and, and think and do based on what you're being programmed with, right? And so if you're not intentional about what you're putting in your head, it is causing you anxiety. Because you, like you said earlier, you said, you know, people are comparing themselves to what they're seeing in the social media because it's beautiful. But it's only a snapshot. It's only a snapshot of our best moment, right? And you know, yep. in order for me, in order for us to do this Instagram, we did a few things before we got here. We made sure our camera was set up correctly. We made sure our faces were right. We made sure we had the right shirt on. We had to make sure the lighting was right. There are a lot of things that we did to be intentional about this moment, right? And and so this is not a moment that we that is natural to us. It's a moment that we set up for the moment, you know. And and it's 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 interesting, but these are a lot of the things that are causing anxiety for us. You know, um, I like it. I like for the natural anxiety for me is when I try something new, like rollerblading or zipline or watching a really scary movie. I can appreciate those anxieties. I like a roller coaster every once in a while. You know, yeah. things like that that get my heart racing and I feel alive, you know, because anxiety can help you feel alive too. It can get the monotony yeah. out of your life and it can say, oh, you know, I'm a new person. I never felt that. I haven't felt this in a long time. So there's positive anxiety too in terms of what you put yourself to through for growth. Yep. And and I love and I love what someone just said here too. It's um is the now is the now versus your expectations. And I said something on another I said something on, on another live, right? The most men always talking about, oh, women cheat. Oh, and the guys like, oh, like you know, men cheat, women cheat, ah, ah. No. You know who gets cheated on the most? The present. We we are always constantly cheating on the present with the past and the future. We That's never right. give the present no love. That's right. The present is the most unappreciated thing I could think of. I don't know of any woman that is more unappreciated than the now. That's a good point. Let that, let that sink in. I want people to really understand. 
like literally, I, for as disrespected as some people feel like they are, or unappreciated, they feel like they are by friends, by family, by their husband, by their wife, fiancés, whoever yeah. it is, by your yeah. kids, you feel unappreciated by your kids, and you yeah. feel like they're ungrateful, yeah. whatever it is, that mm -hmm. pales in comparison to what we all do to the now. That's right. Nobody That's right. gives a shit about the now. We are That's always right. back then or we are always up here. That's, That's it. Right. What's right in front of us, yo, it get is one of these all the time. What's, That's right. me, can you move your head? I can't see I can't That's see right. what's happening at the road. Can you like it's 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 one of those. And it's crazy. And that's where the anxiety comes from. Because mm. instead of us focusing on what's right here within arm's reach, right? We want to look at something that's yards away, yards right. and yards away. Like, you know what that's I mean? Right. And we have no control over that because we're not there yet. So we got to we gotta trust the process, like, like one of our viewers just said. We got to trust the process and understand that it's going to play out the way that it's meant to play out. And we cannot control all of the external elements because that's where the anxiety comes from. It's not that we want to control only what we're doing. We want to control how the other external pieces respond to what we're doing, right? Mm -hmm. So let me put that in perspective. Let me just, because I like to make sure people understand what we're saying, right? Let's use a job interview, for example. We know we can control our resume, how we look, our presentation, our verb, uh, our verbal uh, prowess, how we communicate, so on and so forth, our, our, um, our ability to answer questions, you know, sharpen on point. We can control all of that. However, where the anxiety comes in is that we don't know how the other person is going to take all of that. We don't know if they're going to be impressed by that. We don't know, like, if that's going to be like, eh, whatever. So because of that, we start getting anxious now. And it's like, okay, well, what can I do to make sure I'm that candidate? What can I do to make sure that, you know, he sees me higher than anyone else. What can I do to make sure, make sure, make sure? Not a damn thing. You can't make sure nothing. The only thing you no can control. make sure like, you know what no I'm saying? Literally, you have no control. Only thing you can do is make sure your resume is crisp, your presentation looks good, your clothes is clean, you're well-spoken, and you hit all your questions. That's all you could control. That's it. You can't make sure of anything else. And that's where a lot of anxiety comes from. Because we not only want to make sure of ourselves, but we want to make sure that someone else likes us or we got the approval right. of other external right. things and you don't right. have that control. That's right. You see that, what I mean? You know, it's, it's interesting that you say that. It's interesting that you say that. You know, how, how does one live in the present, right? And how does one learn to give off control? So here's the thing. I'm, I'm glad you said that. And I really want everybody to pay attention to this. I want y'all to screen record this because this is going to be some real shit, y'all. This, this is some real... Real shit, all my friends. But I need y'all to hit the screen record right now. So, how do you stay present, right? And how do you not fall victim? Mm. First of all, you have to understand that this right here, the skin and bone. I say this all the time. Is a suit. You have to understand that this this version of us right here, what you see in this camera, is a representation of something bigger. That's the first thing. What is a representation of is the energy version of you, right? Mm. So this is here in this arena, in this realm, to represent that higher version of you. Understand that. That higher version of you already knows the mission and the task at hand. This right here that's making that sound, it knows nothing. It's a representative. You see what I'm saying? Think of it as the little icon on the Monopoly board. You see what I'm saying? 
That's all it is. It's just to move around the board as the higher you guide it. What happens is when you have anxiety, you are now going against, right? When you get that debilitating anxiety, when it triggers overthinking, right? Mm -hmm. And other stresses, what happens now is you are no longer at that healthy anxiety that you spoke about, right? That normal, natural, oh, this is new. Oh, I didn't feel this in a while. Now it's not that you're at something far past that you're in a you're in the par the, the paralyzation form of it right? right and that's because you are no longer being guided by the higher you you are letting the skin you dictate the role of your existence right. you, you you see what I'm saying and the, yeah. the skin version of you don't know a damn thing it's just here to carry out the mission so you have to stay in tune with the higher version of yourself and allow that to propel you into the future because they always know he or she always knows the overall mission and it always knows the route that you should travel down and anytime you go against that we always regret it if we live to re to regret it in some cases you see what i'm saying so staying in the now go with that feeling that pull that gravitational pull that you get in the bottom of your stomach and it feels like butterflies Go with that. That's how you stay in the present. Focus on what you can control. Don't worry about external factors because those external factors are forever changing. They're forever morphing. So realistically, it makes no sense to always be so infatuated with things that are constantly changing and constantly evolving. Don't worry about that. You get in where you fit in, but focus on you, keeping you centered, keeping you grounded, and understand who and what you are. And the only way to understand who and what you are is to always be in tune with you and always go back to the root of where it all began. Like someone said in the chat, the childhood. So that's what I say about that. What you think? Teach, teach, teach. You know, and, and just to, I love it. I love it. And that's that's exactly, you, you know, I like how you said the skin and all that. That's, that's, that's extremely relevant. You're right. It is your body. It is the moment, right? It's in, and how do you stay present? And so, well, so in a simplistic way, and just, just breaking that even and further from what you're saying is, how do you do that in terms of in actions, right? So how do you do that in action? Well, it's your lifestyle, right? And, and so, you know, when you let, you know, of course we all have plans in terms of what we want to do tomorrow, five years from now, 10 years from now, we have those plans. And we, and we do live in the future and we do, you know, we don't forget our past, our past. But one of the things we got to remember is in the moment, right? And so in the moment, it starts with when you eat, right? So when you have mm -hmm. something to eat, it's about slowing down and enjoying the meal like you have in front of you. If it is no good, then get something else. You don't just have to eat to eat to try to get to tomorrow, but you're eating because you want to enjoy that moment. Mm -hmm. You know, having moments to meditate or getting involved in yoga or working out, right? And 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 being in the moment of working out. So a lot of people work out and and they and they'll be, you know, lost, right? But work out and really feel your muscles, feel the stretch, you know, feel, feel, feel the process that you're going through. Slow it down. Right. You don't have to listen to the heaviest thing, but slow it down and feel the process that your body is going through. Right. And so that's staying in the moment. Staying in the moment is when somebody's talking to you, look them in the face and force yourself to concentrate. Right. To pay attention, to hear what they're saying. Right. Not to say I, I hear not just to do mechanical things. I hear what you're saying no, no, and shaking your head. No, no. It's hearing what they're saying and giving a legitimate response, an authentic response. Right. Staying in the moment. Right. It's, it's also about feeling, you know, it's OK to feel cold. Right. So go outside and feel cold. You know, go outside with a, with a T-shirt and feel that because you got to remember what that feels like. Right. 
and then your body will adjust to that cold. Go back in and feel the heat, right? Feel the warmth, and then and you know the, 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 the change in between the two, and enjoy the moment. That's the moment of the day, because the thing about it is when we keep as we keep looking forward and backwards, the next thing you know, we'll realize that time has left us, and we say, you know, I would have, could have, should have when I had that moment, but you don't have that moment. The moment is now, right? Live it now, because when when you when you want to write your when they write your obituary or you're on your last breath in your bed, you want to say. I live the full life. That's correct. That's correct. And, and 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 I think that's something that more people are being aware of. Thankfully, like you know, what I'm saying more people are being aware of the need to be present, right? And how important it is to be present, and how fleeting those moments really are, right? And, and that you don't get them back. They're they're very fleeting. Like, you know what I'm saying? So this is something that people are definitely becoming more aware of. People are definitely becoming more appreciative of. And uh, it's, it's a good thing. It's, it's a good movement to, to, to witness uh, folks having these type of discussions. That's why I get excited every Wednesday, man, to jump on and speak to you, speak with Brandon, you know, speak with a bunch of other folks that come on with me on a week-to-week basis every Wednesday. Um, I really get excited because I, I want to you know, garner a culture and create a culture where folks are used to, like, you know, like I said, like it becomes muscle memory used to saying, you know, what, I could just go to D Mills page on Wednesday and hear him t- chop it up about a topic, you know, that's relevant and just kind of get that um, and just, and just, and just kind of just get that safe space, you know, to go ahead and, and, and uh, speak about, but I love, I love what you said though. Like it's definitely, you know, waking up, you know, meditating, stretching, taking care of the body, and just literally living in those second to second, minute to minute, hour to hour, day to day experiences, because that is what's really overlooked, right? Like it's like everything is overlooked. Like you'll be, I, I know people that they'll be eating a meal to use some of your examples. They'll be eating a meal, right? A breakfast and thinking about what's for dinner. And it's like, yo, like enjoy the breakfast, right? right? And, it's, and, it, and it's like, you know, people get to work and then it's just like, they're already thinking about like, you know, after work. And it's like, well, like focus on the task at hand or to, like you said, with conversation, people is be speaking and they're like w- looking at you, but they're just mm-hmm. thinking about how they're going to attack what you just said. And they're right. just not even really listening to what you said. Right. right. They're already just thinking of a response based off of the topic, right. not That's off right. of what you said. Right. So you're about to respond to the topic and not what was said within the topic. That's a problem. And that's why so many of us are, are, you know, so bad at communications and we get anxiety when it comes to right. social settings, right? right? Because we don't know how to communicate. That's another part to it. So it's so layered, man. It's so, so, so layered. But in closing, though, what's do, what say you in closing about this topic, man? Well, but, but I, before we close, I want to ask you one. I just want to, I just want to get a little personal. We got, we got 12 minutes. We got 12 minutes. In terms of anxiety for you, Mm-hmm. Share. Why don't you share share a personal moment where you you had to deal with anxiety that was almost um, debilitating? Where it was almost debilitating. Um, honestly, only one thing in my life that ever really made me anxious, um, and and that was my relationship with my mom. Like as as a grown man, you know, we we just didn't have the best relationship as an adult, right? So that that gave me a lot of anxiety because because I was just like, okay, well, 
how is this going to affect me? Because I knew it, it, I knew I wasn't going to go unscathed, right? I knew, <laughs> I knew it was going to peak its ugly head somewhere, right? Like I, I knew it was one, of, it wasn't going to be one of those things where it's like, yeah, I just push that to the side, I'll be alright. Like you know what I mean? Life don't work like that. It's always going to peak up. It's always going to pop up somewhere. And typically, those type of things, if left unresolved, they pop up with, within your relationships, right? And I didn't want that to happen. So what I wanted to do was figure out a way of a respectful way to go about approaching my mother about the things that was weighing on me that regarded her, right? Um, and that's where the, anxi the anxiousness came from because I was like, okay, how do I say this nicely? How do I say this nicely? I don't want to hurt her feelings. I don't want her to feel this. I don't want to feel... And it became... And next thing you know, Rob, no bullshit. Almost a year passed and I didn't even say anything. And it just got worse because, of course, the interactions, you still have the interactions in that meantime. And it's so much you want to say, so much pent up, but you can't, like, you, I'm, I'm trying to predict and project, like, okay, if I say this, she's going to say that, then I'm going to say this. It was just too much. So that was the anxiety, right? Like, me trying to control the situation, me trying to predict and forecast the outcome, right? How did, how did, how did that affect you physically? How did, physically, like, what, what, what were you going physically through? Physically, for me, I get migraines. I okay. get migraines. Very bad migraines to the point where my vision gets blurred. I get very, very wow. bad migraines. So, um, so that's what was triggering. And I was getting them all the time. So basically, ultimately, what I had to do was I just simply just told myself, like, hey, look, this is getting worse by the day, right? Mm. So the longer you hold on to this, it is now becoming physically detrimental to your health. So it was like, what's more important? Your fear of having your mom not understand your words or you literally going into a health crisis because you don't want to express yourself. And you experienced this for one year? Yeah, for, for one year, for almost wow. a year. I want to say it's about nine months. It was about nine months. So, so I had to choose, right? So in that case, it was just like, look, I'm going to just get this out and I'm going to just say it the best way I can. And then I had to make my peace with the fact that ultimately, even though that's my mother, her feelings to what I need to get off my chest is not my responsibility, mm -hmm. right? So that's where my anxiety came from because I felt like I was responsible for her reaction to what I was saying, but I'm not responsible for that. I'm responsible for myself and releasing the tension within me. That's my responsibility. Mm -hmm. You see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? As long as it's respectful, I got to get it out. You know what I'm saying? My only, the only thing that, that, that I need to make sure was being that it was my mom, just make sure it's respectful. But however it comes out, it comes out. And that's what I had to make my peace with. And then that's when I was like, okay, cool. Boom. And I just let it out. And she understood. So eight, not eight or nine months of me replaying this in my head and how she going to flip out. She was like, well, damn, I never knew that. And then it was all good. But in my head, I thought it was going to go all the way left. And that's, that's what stopped me from doing it sooner. You mm. see what I'm saying? And that's the, that's the interesting thing about anxiety. Often chance when we do take that leap and we take that step, if, if the way that it unfolds and it unravels is almost never the way we thought. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that's just the real to it. That's just the real to it. What about you real quick before we get out of here? Listen, man, you know, it, it, that's deep, man. Um, you know, and, and you got out of that, you know, you got out of that, you know, well on your own, you know, um, and it definitely, there's a, there's a moment where, where some people don't, you know, but, you know, that's, 
but thanks for sharing it. That was a real, real, real story. But I have a lot of stories of anxiety, man. I've lived a long life. So um, let's see. I think my, my greatest <laughs> my greatest anxiety as as of recent was um was I think well let me let me just start before that. When you know you know me a long time. And I think my greatest anxiety was was um starting my school, right? Um I could I could see that. You you imagine a lot of things that you want to do, and you put all these plans on paper. But when someone picks up your plan and says, "We want you to do that plan," comes a different story, right? It's it's all it's all good. Well, when you got an idea and you put it on paper, right? But when somebody calls you on it and says, "I want you to, I want you to develop, implement that, and execute that idea," whoa! I mean, I was just saying. I wrote this on a piece of paper, but I didn't know you were gonna ask me to really do this, you know? Like, really? You know, yeah. so and, and then and then you know, knowing that you have you have you have the ability to learn everything you need to learn to do it. You have that ability. But mm-hmm. feeling comfortable with knowing that you don't have it right now, right? In mm-hmm. that process, mm-hmm. as you start to unfold this this journey, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think that was the greatest fear for me, and it was it was um, fearful for a long time because I was very young in the process of doing that, and um, didn't have the, ex- the quote unquote experience that you know others had around me. But uh, it was a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous um, uh, a stress and anxiety in terms of you know what was the next step and getting to the end. Right. So yep. here's the proposal, here's the plan, and then how do I get there? And being and and then and then not only that, but having to do the idea in a place unfamiliar, right? So I had to go to another borough and another address and, and, and bring around people around me from different places and community to establish something that was an idea, right? Yeah. With no support and network. I mean, you talk about stress. Ooh, I'm talking, you know, that's, those, are the, those are the days you work 12, 15 hours, 16 hours trying to put it yeah. together, right? And you're working 16 hours because you think if you work for 16 hours, you'll be able to address what you need for three years down the road. But it doesn't, it doesn't address anything. So what happened was in my anxiety, I was losing time, right? So yeah. I was doing 16 hours, but my, 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 my focus became all the way work, right? Yeah. And so there was no balance in my personal life. In fact, I had no personal. It was work, sleep, eat, work, sleep, eat, work, sleep, eat, work, sleep, eat, and it takes away something from you, right? Yeah. It takes away, you know, you become almost like a machine, you know, yep. you know, and, and you just, you just, you just, you're just acting, and you, without emotion, but you're you're acting and, and daily acting, and you're producing, and you're doing all these wonderful things, but you're not building you as a person, right? You're just putting out a lot of stuff. And you're putting out these ideas because you're trying to achieve something because I'm working within my anxiety. It wasn't until after about, I would say, four or five years mm. that I said, wait a minute. This is going to be a slow process. This is, I got to be in the moment. I got to enjoy this, this process. Yeah. This is, I'm, I'm being a, a, wonder, a lot of wonderful people. This is a great opportunity to, to learn a lot of different skills. And when I had to slow down and think about it, what about my family? They've been missing me for five years. I haven't been around. You know, and so that's these are the things that anxiety. So my anxiety didn't put me in a place of depression and made me a workaholic. Mm. And then in, in making me a workaholic, it separated me from my friends and my community. Because mm. I don't think in that time when I was doing the first five years, I don't think you ever saw me. 
Yeah, only a few times. Only a few right, times. Only a few times. Only a two times. Only a two times. And it was only yeah. when you had to come up there to do your taxes and, 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 and you were on your bike and you were able to stop by and say hello. Or, or, we, or we went for a ride those couple of times. That was about it. Right. And yeah, that was yeah, about yeah. it because I was so caught up in that dynamic. And so there's a lot of people that are caught up in the anxiety of being successful. Mm-hmm of achieving their goals, these things that they wrote on paper. Because we all want to be entrepreneurs. We all do these wonderful things. We want to start ideas. But there's something to that in terms of managing ourselves and managing the stresses that come with that and largely anxiety, you know? And so that's really my story in terms of, there's a lot more to it, but that's really my story in terms of my struggle to overcome anxiety. And it took me many years. But I did I did see counseling. So that helped. Yeah, that, that always helps, man. Like, especially when it's when it gets that deep and it starts affecting you, you know, work life balance. You know, that's that's when you really gotta do it, man. That's when you really gotta tap into it. But I'm I'm happy you express that to the people. I, I I'm yeah, happy yeah. you know you express that to the people and letting people know that it's okay, you know, to seek out, you okay. know, counseling and uh and things of the sort, man. But it's about that time, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know his boss, man. Let's get it. Let's get it. Deep Mills again. My man Sharif at Pushing Boundaries. Go check out my man page, man. There's a lot of good content. A lot it, of good um week-to-week interviews on his podcast. It's at Pushing Boundaries. You guys saw the flyers, man. Go follow my guy. Get up his uh his following and share his content, man. It's great, productive, deep, um, well-versed discussions that he has, you know, week to week on his platform. And as for me, guys, you know the vibes, man. I'm always here every week. I'm not going nowhere. We're going to keep doing this thing. Tell your friends. Do not hoard this information. Spread this information forward to like four people, man. Everybody needs to hear this discussion about anxiety. Next time, I'm going to be on again in two weeks with a part two to anxiety. I think that's the 28th of October, uh, the last Wednesday of the month. I'm going to be doing a part two to anxiety, man. So jump on with us. It's your boy, D-Mills. I'm out of here. Sharif, you already know, my guy. Later. Thanks for listening to Pushing Boundaries. Once again, my name is Sharif Rucker. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please do me a favor by commenting, subscribing, and sharing this podcast with everyone you know. All of these things are free and take very little effort, but would mean the world to me. Thanks again and stay tuned.